Here we go. Our last peep at division by division, team by team, post draft reviews. We've got the NFC West on today's program, the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. How are these teams built now for 2023 and beyond coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all of the everydayers out there. We appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed up on our new YouTube channel and find us everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Okay, Matt, NFC West, and uh, you've had some nuggets with cap information with these teams as well, you know, for this year and next year, which, you know, always plays a role in how teams are built and how teams are drafting for now in the future. Yeah, no doubt. And I would say that of all the eight divisions, this has been a fun series and bring it on home with your division. This one's the least cap notable, I would say, you know, right now the Rams are pretty tight. They they only have 1.7, so they might need to move some things around to get all their draft picks under under contract, etc. Your Niners have 10, Seattle has 8, fine. Zona's the most comfortable. They have 16. So they could make some moves, they could roll some over. Next year's kind of interesting though. I mean, you're probably aware of this, but your Niners are in the worst shape by far. I mean, they're they're right now are minus 12 million. Uh the Rams are the best shape. They got 53 million. And Seattle is 24, Arizona is 27, which is in the bottom third towards the middle. So uh, I don't know what you're – you're probably more on top of the Niners situation. I'm sure there's some contracts they can move around and you know make that more feasible. But as it stands right now, they have some work to do in the offseason. Yeah, when it comes to the Niners, we'll talk more about that. And which yeah, is yeah. The reasons why I didn't love their draft is they need to get cheap in a lot of places on their roster yeah, because yeah, yeah. they've got a couple hundred million dollars of future cap spent – uh, already on some of their star players, and they have a lot of star players. Nick Bosa is going to be the biggest, the next one. He is even signed yet, right? to become right. the highest paid non quarterback in the NFL this offseason. So, uh, future money will be, be tight with the 49ers with how many stars they have to pay at numerous positions, which is a good problem to have in a lot of, of course. Them. That's what you want. Um, but... the Arizona Cardinals, Matt, let's start there. Yeah. They don't, they don't really have that problem right now. They've got an expensive quarterback who's currently injured, and uh, this is a team probably with a new head coach, new GM now this year, a new direction. And they might be a team that's in the running for that number one overall pick in the 2024 draft, which could really change the conversation about what their quarterback is going to be. Or maybe it's just a haul of picks that they end up getting. And they, they love Kyler Murray and he comes back this year and everything goes in that direction. So a lot of ifs and, and what ifs could happen in the future with this team, but let's look at how the draft turned out this year for them. And I think you've got a great and pretty high on getting extra assets and then, uh, coming away with Paris Johnson Jr., who was the rumored player draft morning that they were going to take at number three. And they get him at number six, and they add a, a future first-round pick. So I, I think that was a really important move for the Arizona Cardinals. They get the best offensive tackle, their best offensive lineman in this class, and they add future picks. Uh, you, you, kudos to them on that move. Yes, and to me, that's the biggest part of this draft is – not only did you pick up a future first, but it's the Texans' future first. And 
maybe Houston isn't one of the worst teams in the league, but I can't even picture a scenario where they make the playoffs. I mean, I, I think there's a much better chance they have two picks in the top five than even one of them outside the top 15. You know what I mean? So I, I think you have two big time picks and what I believe and everyone says this every year is a better draft next year than last year. And in the meantime, a starting left tackle, hopefully for the next decade, is a good place to start. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so they're going to uh, the, the trenches to start their draft for the Arizona Cardinals. Paris Johnson at six. I will say everyone had Paris Johnson as their top tackle. I really liked Broderick Jones. He needed more work, I think, than Paris Johnson. But I think there's Agreed. potential for him to be better than Paris Johnson. And I don't know if it was worth moving back up from 12 to six to get Paris Johnson. So I'll say that they, I know gave yeah, away, yeah. they gave away some of their value. And I said the same thing about the Miami Dolphins in 2021. They moved back with the 49ers at pick 12. I thought pick 12's value was not worth going back up again to pick six. The exact same move that the uh, the Arizona Cardinals pulled off in this draft, which took takes away some of that value. For the Miami Dolphins, they gave up a future first rounder. When they did it, though, for the Cardinals, they just gave up that early second round pick this year. Yeah, that, that's a great way of looking at it. And I do agree with what you said there because it's not like, sure, they were linked to Paris Johnson at three even. So they apparently love the guy. Fine, I get that. But is he that much different than Broderick Jones or for that matter, Skaronsky or Wright? I mean, on an offensive line that could kind of use a little bit of everything. I understand the true left tackle aspect of it. But to even take it a step further, if you would have sticked and picked, you know, after the trade, um, with the, the Texans, my only criticism of this of this draft is their D-line is still unbelievably bad. I mean, it didn't have to be a tackle in the first round. It could have been the best defensive lineman available, too. Or, yeah, it just could have been best player available. Like, this is a long-term yeah. – this is a rebuild. Right, this, right. Is a, this is a long-term proposition. But they do have talent at quarterback. But, you know, that quarterback obviously not going to play early in the season. But they did draft the quarterback more on Clayton Toon in a second. Mm-hmm. B.J. Ojolari, uh, uh, outside linebacker slash edge rusher, Defensive end, stand-up type rusher out of LSU with the 10th pick in the second round for the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a selection that I like a lot. Uh, Pretty easy to see Jonathan Gannon coming from Philadelphia. And here's your Hassan Reddick speed outside rusher. And, man, I just actually went and looked because I was like, man, he was so much like his – older brother Aziz Ojolari coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. And I like both Ojolari's. I really liked Aziz. Thought he was a, a fantastic pick by the Giants is already, I think he had eight sacks as his rookie year. Uh, I think older brother Aziz had a little bit more power to his rush game, but I think BJ's maybe a little bit faster than his yeah, older yeah. brother. They were identical. Six, two and a half. One was 248. One was 249 pounds. Both wow. were over 34 inch arms, even though they're not the biggest guys. Both had long arms, which obviously helps as a pass rusher. Because uh, I just went just before you we went on the air, I was like, man, they're pretty similar. They were nearly <laughs> identical. And they're not twins. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. No. Uh, right, but right. They, they play the same position and a very similar style. So, you know, I like that pick. I think that's good value if, and clearly a good, great value if they get a Hassan Reddick style pass rusher out of BJ Ojolari. And if he's like his brother and has a hot start to his career, uh, I think you're going to be happy with that second round pick. Yeah. And, and again, premium positions, not quarterback. I mean, and nor should you be in the quarterback market right now. So I understand the the process without without a doubt, as well as the eagle connection. Um, they did finally. I mean, they got a pass rusher. I mean, I still think their D line and their pass rush is going to be horrible this year. But Rome wasn't built in a day, you know. Right. Yeah. So really good start. Maybe not an A plus start for me. Uh, you know. 
picking nits here, but getting that future first huge and, and getting huge. off tackle and pass rusher like that. Going into round three, Garrett Williams, Syracuse cornerback, then Michael Wilson, late round third, uh, late third round, Stanford wide receiver, John Gaines, UCLA guard in the fourth round so clearly the trenches were important and some high leverage positions here were important for the arizona cardinals in this draft uh they came back in round five with clayton toon out of houston owen papo the linebacker from auburn, auburn in yeah. round five they had multiple four uh multiple thirds multiple fifths multiple six keytrail clark louisville cornerback in round six and they finished it up with dante stills west virginia sort of a, a end slash tackle out of uh, out of West Virginia, Dante Stills at the end of round six. So that is the Arizona Cardinals draft, Matt. What were your thoughts on day two and three? Did you have a favorite pick in this class? I thought Garrett. I mean, a lot. There was a lot of buzz, and I mean, frankly, it's just a fact. Garrett Williams would have went a lot higher had he not had injury concerns. Probably not round one, but you you, you bought him at a discount, and for this team, that's the perfect kind of way to do things. Like. I am not going to be too sad if I end up with the first overall pick and Williams doesn't play half the year, but boy, he looks great at the end of the year and he's a future starter. Um, I did like Wilson. He, I got really fond of him at the senior bowl. I think he'll play for them. Gaines is a great tester and great testers usually translate pretty well at guard. I mean, especially with change of direction stuff. Um, my favorite, I, I thought Toon was my favorite of those quarterbacks that went in that neighborhood too. He was part of that run. Dante Stills may end up being a tweener that doesn't really fit anywhere, which is probably why he's around six guy, but I thought he could have gone 80 picks higher. I mean, he's a pretty explosive dude. You know, it's funny is I felt the same way. I watched Dante yeah. Stills because I saw him in a lot of mock drafts and in that fifth round range, and I saw him to the 49ers and, and my co-host Eric Crocker and I on Locked On 49ers, we did a scouting the mock series. And so if oh, you know, yeah, yeah. players were in uh, mock drafts we would we would take a look at him and, and we'd scout him I looked at Dante Stills and I think that they had him in the fifth round to the 49ers and I thought nope don't like it he, he looks like that mm -hmm. tweener that's not really an end or a tackle to me uh and less yeah, of a maybe. but we'll see what he ends up looking like and he has some uh ability and he you know he's a tryhard player so he might stick my favorite player was the first sixth round pick for the Cardinals though Keytrail Clark out of Louisville mm. so um really nice job in the first couple of rounds to get some high impact positions then getting two cornerbacks and I think you're gonna stick Keytrail Clark is absolutely gonna stick he's not the biggest guy it's why he was there in the sixth round but he's twitchy athletically 510 only 181 pounds but plays bigger you know he's got that mentality um and shout out to our guy Keith Sanchez do you remember that Keytrail Clark was one of his favorites oh yeah gave him a second round grade that's good stuff. That was actually the first I heard of Keytrail Clark whenever he mentioned him. So, and, and I think needless to say with this class, not a lot of obstacles in their way for playing time either. We should see a lot of rookie snaps on these guys this year. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. We've got the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, and the San Francisco 49ers draft classes of 2023 next. Bill Barr. You're looking for those delicious snacks. I know you are, but you don't want all the sugar and calories. Of course you don't. Then you got to try the best tasting protein bar ever. And that is Built. Whether it's Built Bars, Built Puffs, or Matt, I don't know if you've seen this, the newest Built Crispy Bars. I've heard. Crispy, I have not tried crunchy, yet. Yeah. Um, chewy, delightful bars, satisfy your taste buds, and loaded with protein, even more protein. Most Built Bars come with about 16, 17 grams of protein. The Built Crispy Bars. 20 grams of protein in a only a 170 
calorie package. Flavors like peanut butter crispy and mint chocolate crispy. Um, peanut, any of the peanut butter flavors I love. The, the OG peanut butter is back in stock. The peanut butter bar um, at Built. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Check out the macros, though. Even compared, I mean, of course, compared to candy bars, you're getting all that sugar, and, and you, you want to throw that out. Built Bars, most Built Bars, the coconut flavor I'm looking at right now, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 2.5 grams of fat, only 4 grams of net carbs, and only 4 grams of sugar. Uh, compare that to even some other protein bars, and you're getting almost twice as much protein and half as many calories. So you got to check out Built Bar today, all the flavors and varieties at Built.com, and you can find them on your store shelves as well now, including your local Walmart and Sam's Club. So run in, grab some Built Bars, thank us later, and find all the flavors at Built.com. BP, before you get started on the Rams, I'm going to throw something out there real quick, if you don't mind. Is There's a misconception with this team that they hate draft picks. Well, even when they weren't having first rounders forever, they always make a lot of picks. They trade down, they get comp picks. And this year's the epitome of that. They brought in 14 dudes. And I've often joked, and it's not even a joke. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, go to ourlads.com and look at their defense still. It's oh insane. Gosh. It's and hilarious. This, you bring it's that hilarious. Up it's, What's that? It's, it's hilarious that you bring that up because uh, last night, less than twelve hours ago, I was recording with Crocker doing the 49ers podcast. Yeah. And one of the one of the questions we brought up is: Are, are people putting are people putting to bed the the Rams too early? Uh, because <laughs> they still have players, they're still well coached. And I went to our lads, looked at their depth chart, and it's just lit up like a Christmas tree with green, which is the color of rookies. Like yeah. they are going to play a lot of rookies this year. They are absolutely in a retooling mode. I have no idea which direction this team's going to go. The over-under on wins for them is seven and a half. I would not be shocked if, you know, a healthy cup and a healthy Donald and a healthy Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay is enough to get them over, you know, that eight-win plateau. But I wouldn't be shocked if they're one of the worst teams in the league either because they're very barren, especially on the defensive side defensive. of the ball, aside from Aaron Donald. So I have no idea which way this team's going to go. But I really like their draft class, and they brought in a ton of competition. So here's the nugget I wanted to throw out there about the defense is Ernest Jones is a quality starting off the ball linebacker. Fine. And Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald. But if you take those two out of the equation and look at the other nine projected starters, which is subject to change, but if it's, if it changes, it's going to be supplanted by rookies. I, I forget what podcast I heard this on the average number of snaps. Those nine starters played last year is just over like 200. You know, like, none of these guys were counted on on their old team. None of them even hardly played last year. Christian Roseboom, you know, (laughs) Sean Jolly. I mean, like, Uh, who are these people? It's amazing. We we just went through this, and there there were players, like, you could just throw a fake name, and you wouldn't have known the difference because uh, there's – and even if they're not rookies playing, they're probably a lot of year two guys that we didn't see a lot of. And uh, and and they're not high draft picks because the Rams haven't had a lot. Oh, no, so, right. All it's whole team. I have no idea which way this is going to go. And if there's more injuries to their star players, then yeah, this could be one of the worst teams in the league. Might be battling with the Cardinals for the number one pick in the draft. Um, but if they're in the playoffs, I oh, would, you, I would you be that know. shocked? Like I don't think they're going to make a play, be a playoff team. But you know, I, why did Sean McVay, who was considering going to the booth, why did Aaron Donald, why did they come back? They didn't I come know. back to tank, they right? I, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. They do have 53 million in cap space a year from now. Maybe it's just one really bad year and you end up with one of those stud quarterbacks and McVay gets to totally reshape the team. 
I've been really digging into fantasy lately, and I will say it's a little volatile, but I think I can buy in on the Rams offense, Acres, Cubs, right. but the defense, no. I mean, there's one good player. You have to outscore some people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think they're going to win five games. Very likely chance that they're drafting in the top half of the first round next year when they finally have another first round pick, and it's mm-hmm. been since 2016. Steve Avila was their first selection here. Guard out of TCU in the second round. Uh, Byron Young, Tennessee defensive end slash outside linebacker, speed rusher in round three. Their second, third round pick was Kobe Turner, defensive tackle from Wake Forest. Came back in round four. Stetson Bennett going pretty high in this class. Uh, despite his, his age, obviously a lot of wins in college at the University of Georgia, national championships under his belt. Uh, the quarterback, Stetson Bennett, going in round four to the Los Angeles Rams. Coming back with... Four fifth round picks all at the end of the fifth round. So just back to back to back, yeah, boom, yeah. boom. Nick Hampton, App State linebacker, Warren McClendon, Georgia offensive tackle, uh, Davis Allen. This I'm gonna say it right now. My favorite pick of the draft for them was Davis Allen, Clemson tight end. Mm. He's gonna be a starting wide Good tight player, end yeah. in the NFL, has that basketball athleticism, can go up and get the football, has enough quicks in the short area. Not a supreme athlete, but he's got size, can actually block in line, unlike a lot of tight ends coming out of college. So Love the Davis Allen pick for the uh, the Los Angeles Rams, maybe the starting tight end post Higby there for them. Uh, Puka Nakua, BYU wide receiver. Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, corner out of TCU in round six. Nebraska edge, uh, Sean Mathis. There was Zach Evans, Ole Miss running back in round six. And then four or three more seventh-round picks. We're not even done. Ethan Evans out of Wingate, the punter. Uh, Jason Taylor, the second. Oklahoma State safety and uh, Deshaun Deshaun Johnson, I believe is how you pronounce his first name. I can't remember how he pronounces his first name. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, The Toledo defensive end there to finish up the draft. 14 draft picks for the Los Angeles Rams here. So a lot of competition there for uh, a lot of open spots, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, anyone on defense has a chance of playing time no matter where you're drafted. I mean, frankly, I think it's that that obvious with this team. I love the Avelia Avelia pick. I mean, at 36, he's going to play and play well. Boom, great. They need that. Uh, Keep Stafford, you know, a little bit intact up the middle. I'll be honest, though. I mean, they made 14 picks. We just laughed about the anonymity of their defense and not knowing who most of these guys are. O'Shawn Massif doesn't change that for me. (laughs) Or Deshaun Johnson. I mean, these aren't household names. I mean, Stetson Bennett's the household name, and they probably overdrafted him as a backup quarterback. I mean, LT's nephew is a household name, but, you know, Zach Evans. But these guys are – the the defense didn't get loaded with, you know, high-pedigree guys. My favorite pick, though, is probably Puka. Puka Nakua, uh, the wide receiver from BYU. Golden Tate-ish. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, someone built like a running back a little bit, and that's sort mm-hmm. of like uh, the Rams are, are just cornering the market on sort of, you know, medium size, not top speed, but that can get open, right. make plays after the catch, short to intermediate slot type wide receivers. Right, exactly. Or Tutu Atwell that's as big as my right leg. Well, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't it's love this something. class either. Like, I don't it's know many of these dudes. Like, the, the most famous names in your draft class is – that Travis Hodges Thompson's related to Hall of Fame running back Ladanian Thompson. He's <laughs> yeah. six down, you know, five eight. I like the way he plays, but he's, you know, he's not very big. Right. Five eight, yeah. one seventy eight. Why he was drafted so late? 
um, and Stetson Bennett because of what he did in college. He's is he the classic, you know, played on a great team in college and is just a you know long term backup. Uh, but I don't know how much impact they got in this draft. They got a lot of depth for sure. And, you know, if someone like Davis Allen and Nakua and, you know, maybe Hodges Thompson becomes your, your starting nickel for you down the road, you get, mm-hmm. uh, you get that development from your third round edge and defensive tackle and Byron Young and Turner's. There's a lot of talent there. It could be a really good draft class, but right now, you know, they, they got one starter in Avila and the rest is like, eh, we'll see, maybe it's just some depth, but 14th, Pieces of depth is is quite a bit of depth, and there's going to be a lot of competition for playing time, especially on defense. Maybe Zach Evans even becomes a starting running back. You mentioned Tomlinson. He has to project to the slot, though. He's so tiny, but his his tape is awesome at TCU, but he's an outside corner there. Outside, so right. That, that's new for him, too. I mean, just because he can't hold up at the outside at the next level. They might get nothing out of this class besides Avilia, but all these guys, will, will just like the Cardinals, will have plenty of opportunities especially on defense. Another sleeper fantasy running back too, right? And Zach Evans. Yeah, I have him kind of high in my dynasty ranks. We'll get to that maybe next week. Uh, I believe our next podcast Monday, we might start diving into those Matt Williamson dynasty rankings. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, And did you say if you had a favorite pick? I think it was Puka Nakua. Puka, yeah, right. Maybe Zach Evans. Yeah. I I mean, I do like the Avila pick too. You know, I think they... Yeah, easy mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice pick there. And they, they, they really needed some help in the trenches, too. So smart for them oh. to go there with all three of their first picks. Yeah, agreed. Okay, that is the Los Angeles Rams draft. Such an interesting team, such a, a wild team. And I, and I think this this season is clearly about, you know, it's about competition. It's about depth. And you mentioned the cap earlier, too. It's about sort of taking their medicine a little bit with mm-hmm. what they've done in the past, trading away high picks and, you know, high-priced players. And um, maybe more of a... Maybe, yeah, maybe more of a, you know, it's it's a rebuild, but maybe more of a standard rebuild than the stars and scrubs we've seen in the past. Who knows? Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. they'll trade away that first round pick next year, too. I mean, maybe they'll trade Cup, Stafford, and Donald. I mean, I, that's true. Yeah. Maybe they'll go the other way, go full, right, full. Right. right. Fascinating team. All right. Next, we've they got are. the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers, clearly the class of this division <laughs> in 2023. Next. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to all the everydayers. We're talking dynasty football rankings, talking rookies and their fantasy perspective uh, now and going forward next week on the podcast. And, of course, checking in more on other teams, OTAs, and getting ready for training camp in the 2023 NFL season. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Here we go, Seattle Seahawks, and uh, they had a another really good draft, Matt. I mean, they have added so much young talent to their football team in the last two seasons. The best draft in the NFL, I think, last year. And two more first-round picks to play with this year, two more second-round picks this year. And it started with Devin Witherspoon, pick number five in round one, the corner from Illinois, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver from Ohio State, the best corner, the best wide receiver in this class in round one. Yeah, um, I preferred Gonzalez, but uh, splitting hairs, and obviously the NFL disagreed with me. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, no, no question about that. So I'm going to pick nits here for a second. My, my two criticisms of this draft, and I like their class, and you know, I'm going to say mostly positive, but I'm going to get the negative out of the way, is I think you could say, man, I wish you ended up with more trench help, especially D-line, with the assets you had, two firsts, two seconds, 
And I'm sure I'm speaking for you on this one. You probably wouldn't have taken Zach Charbonnet with a 56 overall pick, or 52nd overall pick. Yeah, it wasn't agreed just where he was taken, but just yeah. what, what the team has. And then they came back with Kenny McIntosh, which right, I right, love. Right. Like the reason you don't draft Zach Charbonnet in the second round is because you can get a Kenny McIntosh <laughs> exactly. in the second exactly. round. Yeah. And that's sort of the point to all this with the running backs. Like they use, if you, you, uh, we just talked about Evans from Old Miss to the Rams. Like you can right. find good running backs on day three. So don't force it, especially if you need help at those positions that are much harder to find. And we'll see what Derek Hall ends up looking like. The, uh, the edge from Auburn, who they drafted high in the second round here, he's going to be real key to this because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that that defensive line is probably where you're looking at with the, with the, the Seattle Seahawks and thinking, you know, if they're, if they're not going to be up to snuff, it's either you know a regression from Geno Smith at quarterback or that defensive front doesn't hold up. And so yeah, a big yeah, pick yeah. for them, the early second round, of course, Charbonnet, player I like. And, you know, as far as fantasy goes, with sure. the running back position now, Kenneth Walker, uh, it, it, I have no idea what to do about their, their running back situation. Just wait to draft the last guy, I guess. Uh, just to tease it, I mean, no two players dynasty stock went more down the second they drafted Charbonnet than Charbonnet and Walker. Walker was going, you know, they both just took massive hits. Like, oh, no. And maybe it's a signal that they're not sure about Kenneth Walker's help. Yeah, and and Charbonnet, I thought that too. And Charbonnet is a much better receiver, you know, so he brings a different wrinkle. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it might be Pete Carroll just kind of like being like my grumpy old dad that just doesn't care what anybody thinks of him anymore and says, hey, we're going to run the ball and I'm going to have good running backs, like it or not, you know. I think that's part of it. And that's I think that's part of it with Jameer Gibbs, part of it with B. John Robinson. It's really hard if you're in a draft room and you stack a board and you have Zach Charbonnet ranked really high. And you get your eight and you're like, well, this guy's got the best grade. You know, so it's hard yeah. not to draft him that way. So you almost have to bait. You have to. It has to be part of your process to bake in that positional value. I think because otherwise, you're going to take running backs earlier than you should because there's a lot of good ones and they're going to mm-hmm. have high grades, right? Because they're good players and their running backs are fun. I don't hate running backs. I just you know don't like their value for for building your team and, and you know what you could get there in the second round that could really help you add wins to your team in the future. You know, unless you know something about Ken That's Walker a tackle or you know, right. but there maybe is Walker stuff out there. For sure. uh, Anthony Bradford, LSU guard to start the day three draft picks for the Seattle Seahawks. Came back with Cameron Young in round four, defensive tackle from Mississippi State. Mike Morris, Michigan defensive end in round five. Uh, Oluwatimi, center from Michigan in round five. Round six, Jarek Reed, New Mexico safety. And then, as we mentioned before, Kenny McIntosh, the second running back in this class. Georgia running back in round seven. And uh, I heard the phone call from... John Schneider, Seattle Seahawks GM to Kenny McIntosh. And he's like, hey, Kenny, we're going to draft you right here because you had no business still being on the board. And, you know, they love themselves some running backs. So uh, they snatched him up. But RIP to Kenny McIntosh being stuck behind Charbonnet and Walker now on that depth chart because Kenny McIntosh would have been one of my favorite sleeper running backs probably in this class if he went somewhere else. I heard some people that, you know, draft Nick saying maybe Kenny McIntosh is a a, a slot at the next level. I'm like, ah, I can see he's that good a receiver but they drafted the best slot receiver in the draft at the 20th pick too. Like he got blocked every which way possible. Um, I like this draft. I don't adore it. I think people are a little too high on the Seahawks overall. I mean, yeah, they had a really good draft last year and they had seven picks in these last two drafts in the first two rounds that should pay off. But I know we're talking draft classes, but do we know Geno Smith's good all of a sudden, you know, like I'm, (laughs) 
the last month or and a half or so, he was pretty average, you know. Right. I, and yeah. that, that season was the outlier of his career. Right. And even then, it's a small sample of, okay, which games was he actually great? And they kind of fell off and they, they weren't ready to be a, that playoff team and, and do a lot of damage against good teams late in the season. So that is a great question. Um, yeah. But, you know, I still like a lot of the talent that the, uh, that the Seahawks mm-hmm. brought in. And, and then a lot of it is because they got those extra first round picks. Sure. I mean, Russell Wilson is paying off for them in a big way right now. Absolutely. Did they have a favorite? The key to last season was getting, you know, a star starting cornerback in the fifth round. Like, did they get that on top of starters at corner and wide receiver in round one? Does does Charbonnet turn out to be the star running back for them and not Kenneth Walker? Um, You know, is Oluwatimi a long-term starting center for them out of Michigan? Maybe maybe that would be – my favorite pick, though, is Kenny McIntosh. Mm. Seventh-round running back. Good player. You you draft a guy – Kenny McIntosh – Kenny McIntosh in his career could be a starting running back, and you got him in the seventh round. That's why you don't draft first-round running backs. Yeah, I like it. I, I thought Derek Hall was a little overdrafted. I thought they got a steal in Smith and the Jigba. But just for what this team is, I'm going to say Bradford and Oluwatini are my favorite, just because they're big, physical, interior linemen that probably stick. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying they're going to be the, the the next, you know, Tariq Woolen, you know, in the mid rounds, but they might get starters at center and guard. And we know they want to run a ball. And I know we usually pick more sleeper variety players as our favorite picks in the draft because of value, but Jackson Smith and Jigba at pick 20 oh, yeah. in the first round to get that, to get the first wide receiver in this class, who's somebody who I think could be a target hog for them. I mean, he might be their Cooper cup, right. Uh, on offense. And especially with the wide receivers that went right after it, I, I thought there was a gap and, and they went, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23. And I, I thought the, the Seahawks got huge value there with Jackson Smith and Jigba, just hanging out and, and getting him at pick 20. Not to mention, I mean, Lockett, Metcalf, Smith, Najigba are all very physically different, very age different. You know, I like that they're staggering them a little bit there. Right. You know, that, yeah. you know, one can take over for the other and, you know, it works with contracts and things of that nature. Learn from Lockett. Thing, you know, so that works out really well. That's as good a trio as there is in the league almost. I mean, maybe I'd have the, the Bengals ahead of them, but that's one of the best trios in the league now. Yeah, the complementary nature too, and and I was right. like uh, the basketball theory of building your wide receiver group and your tight end group. You know, your 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 tight end is your center, and then you got a power forward and a small forward and a shooting guard and a point guard at wide receiver. Right, mm-hmm. I, I I like that, and that's kind of how the uh, Seattle Seahawks are built at wide receiver now. And, and I did read post draft that Smith and Jigba is going to be he's going to be the slot guy this year, and who knows what it looks like later. And uh, once Lockett's gone, maybe he works more outside, but he, he's going to be a pure slot for now. And we maybe bury the lead. I mean, Woolen and Witherspoon might be the best pair of corners in the league for the next five years, too. I mean, yeah, if, if Smith and Jigba is what we think he is, and mm-hmm. Devin Witherspoon is what the Seahawks think he is, and he is that shutdown corner on that side, I mean, look how this could be another yeah. just insane class. But do they have a quarterback? That's my, I keep coming back to that. I'm like, Gino's fine. I just don't know that he's the guy. And they're going to win too many games to draft one of the top quarterbacks next. Right. To get in this right. quarterback purgatory area. Uh, I think that's a concern. The San Francisco 49ers up next. They, because of their weird quarterback stuff, did not have a first-round pick. And because they traded away the rest of their early picks for Christian McCaffrey, they didn't have their second or third-round pick. But they're playing the comp pick game and had a bunch of extra third-round picks for the comp uh, selections there. So they drafted three times late round three, had three fifth-round picks, had three seventh-round picks in this draft. Uh, So saved their class with a lot of comp picks. But... Of all the drafts in the NFL, Matt, and look, this is how you know I'm not a homer for my hometown San Francisco 49ers that I cover right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
I gave him the worst grade of any team in the entire draft this year. I gave him a D plus. And part of that is because they draft drafted a kicker. When you don't have a lot sure. of picks, and you spend one of those third round picks, number 99 on a kicker. You're probably not going to get a good grade. And the, and the reason why is even if he is the best kicker in this class, historically, you don't get good return from a rookie no. kicker period. So you're chasing need there and you're not going to get that need that you're chasing most likely. And it's still unlikely that he's going to be good for you early in his career. And if he does become good, it might be for another team in his thirties. And I think you cited this in correct me if I'm wrong, but a very low percentage of drafted kickers sign a second contract with the same team. I, I heard that somewhere. I thought you might've told me that after the Moody yes. thing or. Yeah. So then, it was and yeah. not including this draft. Now the, the 10 right. drafts before for 10 years, there have been 17 kickers drafted. Only one of those 17 kickers got a second contract with the team that drafted. Wow. That's unbelievable to me. It's crazy. Right. Because that's not you even a big contract. Get and... Kickers by drafting them. It's nuts. Yeah. And so, and there was multiple kickers drafted in this in this draft. But again, sort of like the running back thing. You know, the, the one uh, you'll get an okay grade if you draft one in the sixth or seventh round. If they don't cut it for you, whatever. It's just not a big deal. But when you need picks and you have future cap issues and you need young players to fill out your roster. That quarter that that kicker better hit if you're drafting them in the third round, you know, inside the top 100 picks. Yeah, it better be like a top 10 kicker and be there for a dozen years for you. You know, I mean, he doesn't have to be Tucker, but I mean, he better be good. Um, it, it probably not a coincidence that we're ending with the Niners. Of course, they're your team. You gave them the worst grade. This is my least favorite draft as well of the 32, considering the resources and talked about some of these drafts that aren't littered with household names. I don't know a ton about the Winters and Braden Willis and Ronnie Bell. I mean, there's not a lot of huge, even, you know, Looter. I mean, some of these guys weren't projected particularly high. I do think, and I'm sure you've touched on this on Niners, there is a special teams feel to this and a depth feel to this. And we opened the show by saying they're the worst cap situation of the division next year. I don't know that many of these guys project to be cheap starters, like you kind of mentioned. So, yeah, we'll go through these picks a little bit closer here mm -hmm. and, and mention all of them. Yeah, go. Uh, Jair go Brown, the 49ers moved up in round three to get Jair Brown, and clearly they saw a need current and future at free safety. Penn State safety, mm -hmm. Jair Brown, player I loved on tape. Yeah. Most athletic guy as far as speed. I think short area quicks are great. Love the way he plays. He's he's really very similar to the guy they hit on a couple of years ago in the fifth round in Talanoa Hufanga. So I think they Makes went back a ton of well plays. there and, and, you know, very similar evaluation there. He got their gold helmet for smarts and uh, mm. toughness and leadership and all those things. So, you know, he's a gold helmet player. They loved him. They went up to get him. He might start next year after Tashawn Gibson's one-year contract is over. But And very similar player to Tashawn Gibson, by the way. Uh, and tested. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he'll fit. He's a good so, player. So, you know, they, they probably got a future starter there at least. Uh, then they came back in round three with a third, third round pick Cameron Latou, Alabama tight end. I think he's kind of a, a one speed tight end. Doesn't really blow me mm -hmm. away athletically as a, uh, as a pass catcher or really a blocker, but he has kind of potential at both. And he's a pretty smooth athlete in space, but not, you know, it's like, okay, you back, you know, then you got George Kittle. So, I don't know if the traits are there for him to be a tight end one in the NFL. You're drafting a backup tight end in the third round. Great for right, depth. Right. He needed that, and they're clearly scouting tight ends. They drafted another tight end in the seventh round, Braden Willis. I don't think there was that big of a gap between the, the grades of the third rounder in Latou and the seventh rounder in Braden Willis. Uh, but let, one me, thing let me stop you real quick. I bet that it drives you crazy knowing you as well as I did, uh, as I do in terms of position value. 
strong safety kicker backup tight end and then you i mean those are your three premium picks in this draft i bet that makes you a little bonkers although i do like brown yeah and, and i like brown and look we're talking about a third round pick and mm-hmm. so um and, a little and different than the, theme the, the lions conversation class. yes yeah yeah and um and Latou, I did, I did not like the so the Brown pick. I'm fine with mm-hmm. the Moody and the Latou pick. I didn't like at all, especially okay, when yeah. there's offensive tackles. You know, like uh, and, that, was and next, that was my next. That was my next question. Make you crazy. Like I have names that I that I'm putting out there. Like you can't draft Latou if Blake Freeland and Nick Saldaveri and Isaiah yes. McGuire and you know Adebore, they're all still on the board there, and it's yeah, yeah. still too important to have a really good offensive line, really good defensive line, and they needed players at those positions, and they went and got a kicker and a and a backup tight end. So mm-hmm. obviously, if just like the Lions conversation, if the players hit, it's gravy, it's good. And sure. so we'll see what it ends up looking like. Um, but the, the lack of O line drafting here made me a little crazy too. A little curious. The 49ers yeah. are really confident in Colton McKivitz at right tackle. Clearly, uh, mm-hmm. Darrell Luter. South Alabama corner. If the 49ers, the 49ers have been a league best drafting day three and finding these fifth round players that are, you know, contributors, starters, even stars on their team. And if, if someone is in this class, it's probably Darrell Luter, small school, okay. South Alabama cornerback. He's got height, weight, speed, long arms, you know, toughness, physicality. And so that's an interesting player for me. Probably my favorite pick uh, of this class is, is Darrell Luter out of South Alabama and not a player I watched a lot before the draft, watched him after the draft. I'm like, okay, yeah, if they found that fifth round starter, th- this might be that guy for them. Robert Beal, really athletic edge after five years at Georgia, never really produced a lot, but you know, he's got four, four speed and is six, three, 250 pounds. So, you know, you're just hoping that your defensive line coach, which is one of the best in the league can get more out of Robert Beal than uh, his college defensive line coach is able to get out. Uh, D Winters round six, really fast linebacker in the Dre Greenlaw mold. They've been really good at finding those types of players. So, you know, I like that selection there. Braden Willis, another gold helmet guy, really tough, kind of under athletic, might be a backup fullback slash tight end two, tight end three type of player. Can line them up H back in all kinds of places. Leader, uh, physical player, Ronnie Bell. I don't think he's going to stick. Didn't love watching Ronnie Bell on tape wide receiver out of Michigan kind of a slot receiver but doesn't have really any traits that stand out to me as an NFL player but again he's wired a certain way and then Jalen Graham a bigger uh, outside linebacker 6'2 240 he looks a lot bigger than that on tape he might have gotten uh, he might have gotten his weight down to run at the combine and he still didn't run well either so I worry about the athleticism with Jalen Graham sticking but again late seventh round pick so three of those last three guys all seventh round picks there can be some fights for roster spots there with this 49ers class two big themes uh one is and this is where the 49ers have done a great job is character players guys that work guys that will wring every drop of talent out of their bodies and i think the 49ers did that in this class but when you talk about players the 49ers have hit on in the past like george kittle and fred warner i mean those guys were athletically really good too and the 49ers didn't draft great athletes here that's right, why i picked right. leader because he does kind of have uh you know he's the, the one player in this class that has that sort of close to elite level relative athletic score the rest of them don't and so did they just get depth they got a lot of guys that are wired the way that they like players but not a lot of high-end athletes either so it's hard for me to see that they got a big impact in this draft but i think they brought in guys that they believe in character wise and that means something and it's meant something to this to this team and so we'll see who sticks so I'm excited to do more homework on Luter. You said some good stuff there. I didn't know a ton about him. South Alabama, you know, I mean, so that one's intriguing to me. Um, I do like the Brown pick. 
you mentioned a lot of high character dudes. I mean, to me, I, while you were talking, I just went to Football Outsiders special teams rank, DVOA rankings thinking the Niners must have been near the bottom of the league for the draft to go this way, to draft a kicker and what seems like a lot of guys on kickoff coverage and kickoff return and punt team. And they were okay. They were middle. They were like 16th or so. So it wasn't like it was a huge deficit for them. I, I, I don't quite understand the logic, nor a lot of the players, just to be honest. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need some luck. They're needs, uh, and almost all of these guys need to show something on special teams, especially yeah. the kick, right, to stick with the team. So that'll be a theme in training camp. Can who plays special teams? That's who's going to make this roster for the 49ers. Like you mentioned, like if Freeland were, were one of the picks in the third round, be like, okay, we don't need anything from him this year, but he may end up being Trent Williams' replacement or the right, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, it's not just positional value, it's the right. guys that got at those positions too. Like I thought they drafted a fifth round tight end in the third round. Exactly. You know? And and they drafted a kicker in the third round, so that's going to be really tough when you have we don't have a first or second round pick as it is. So last question, and, and then we'll get off the kicker thing. They saved a lot of cap space with the kicker move, right? I mean, that's really the logic behind it. Compared to they've been they've been paying some higher end kicker money. That's yeah. the one positive is cap relief with Moody, right? Yeah, you save five million dollars from you know paying a, a high end kicker in in Robbie Gold and getting a rookie contract kicker in there. But you could have done that in the seventh round. Yeah, and then in four years, if Moody turns out to be as good as they hope, then you got to pay him five million dollars to you anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he's going to have more bargaining power because he was a high draft pick. And at least he's putting it between the uprights. Then if he comes to that. Oh yeah, and and then again, it's like if he's the long term kicker. That's the other weird thing about kickers. How come teams don't draft kickers? Even kickers that stick when they're young, they don't hang out with the team for fifteen years. No, right. I don't get it. I don't know why. That why blew me it? away, that stat you mentioned about the, the lack of second contracts with kickers. And, yeah. And we had a pretty good conversation about it, about, well, now that you know, there's expectations, you know, the, the, the guard in the locker next to you is looking at you like they drafted you instead of a safety that can help, you know, like, yeah. you know, different climates. I guess there's a lot of reasons why they could bust, but and, financially and say, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. If you can get one. It makes sense through their rookie contract for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably a lot of reasons why kickers change teams so much because then the finances change for some teams. And they're like, oh, we're not going to pay this guy $5 million. Let's go pay yeah. this other kicker who's not that much worse, a million and a half or whatever. Um, so and coaching changes are bad for kicker stability too. Like absolutely. coaches like their long snapper, their punter, and their kicker. Mm -hmm. You know, like they don't want to think about it either. Right. They're like, okay, do we have our kicker? Let's just keep this guy for a while because mm -hmm. I don't want to think about it. And that's sort of the thing. Like the 49ers didn't even like drafting Jake Moody. Kyle Shanahan calls him on the phone. It's like, it wasn't one of those calls like, oh my God, we're so pumped to have you. He's like, hey, you know how much, you know how good we think you're going to be because we didn't draft uh, a running back. You know, he's kind a of a real player. And then <laughs> John Lynch is on the radio. He's like, well, we weren't doing cartwheels drafting the kicker in the third round. He's like, oh, who said that? Like the GM that drafted him said that about his kicker. So give the, you know, and confidence is probably the biggest thing with the kicker. Right, right. You're already like under the gun. The fans are going to hate you if you're missing kicks. The, the media is going to write about perfect, you all the time right. because you were highly drafted. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, the media I, is going to be like, Moody missed a kick in training camp at practice. Oh, he sucked. You know, like he can't do it. He has to be perfect for anyone to like him. I mean, it's a tough, tough road for the kid. Yeah, I, just, I don't like the plan either. You're kind of chasing your own tail a little bit when you're like, Oh, need a kicker this year. Let's draft the top one. It's like, have a plan, figure out kicker. If you know, Robbie Gold's a free agent work, work kicker out before. Don't just wait until, Oh, we need a kicker. Who's the yeah, top yeah. one. Let's draft. Him. I mean, that's yeah, just exactly. a bad process. Yeah.
All right. So anyway, RC, yeah. uh, fun stuff. And I will say the 49ers draft grade. It's not just because they didn't have top picks either. Cause I love the Cleveland Browns draft. Right, they didn't right. have a pick until the third round. Like I would, I would trade the 49ers class for the Browns class all day long. I will say though, you go to a good team, they coach you up better. You tend to find a lot better players with those good teams and like good teams yeah. continually find gems and find. So uh, a lot of players wired, right. We'll see what it lo- looks like for the San Francisco 49ers, but uh, not a good grade. In fact, the worst grade in this entire draft for me and that's it that yep. is uh all of the draft classes and all of the draftees from the 2023 nfl draft it was a lot of fun going through those and mentally picturing all these new prospects in all their new places and we'll see how they all turn out we'll come back in a couple of years and see how right we were which will probably be not that right about who we thought yeah. was a great player and who we thought was a terrible player the Steelers have the worst draft and the niners have the best draft I exactly <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Fame kicker, Jake Moody. Right, right, right. Better than Justin Tucker, right. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. We're going to check in on some fantasy rookies. Dynasty rankings coming up next week. So shout out to the everydayers, and we'll talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.